0: <laughs> it's fun. We are back, baby. We are back. We are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get fucking like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose Andrews Podcast. This is episode 275 of The Pod alongside Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. Another data point telling us that we do, in fact, have a quarterback. Uh, There were some moments there in that Bears-Lions matchup that uh, did turn that W into an L and a couple decisions that we do have to pick apart. Uh, We're also going to get to your Week 10 wrap-up as we do get some amazing games and some surprising outcomes as well. But first and foremost, Matt Rooney, how the hell are you? I am doing well. I don't
1: know about you guys, though. Did you guys have your first snowfall yet? No. We got ours yesterday. Woke up to some snow yesterday. That was a little bit of a rude awakening after having the the seventy five degree Matt, day day, Matt, the day I'm,
0: prior. Matt, I'm but. coastal. I'm coastal here. Yeah, I know. You're northeast. Accumulation is very coastal. rare. You know? You're northeast coastal. I know, but what what you come to find here, living a block out not even a, block, a half block off the water is that it really needs to snow for snow to stick. It Ish. usually, we kind of get, we get a very snow globe effect when it snows, okay. like it snows and the snow just blows around and goes away. Um, But we have okay, not even so nothing really sticks. We had rain yesterday. We had got rain. it.
1: We had, we had some, nothing like seriously that stuck more than, you know, for half the day, but you know, you okay. woke up with some white on, on the ground and on top of the buildings. It was like, Oh, I played golf last week. I guess I'm not doing that anymore this week. But other than that, I'm doing just great. How about you know? Do
0: you know Do you know what that is? Do you know what that means? Uh, winter is coming. Bear weather. Bear weather. How, how, could we, how could we not mention bear weather with a defense that that uh, is not is not stop conducive to everybody? <laughs> and an offense that uh, might like to play on a, a clean like surface in a now. dome as well.
1: Uh, what did you think of that one? I thought that was, uh, Um,
0: it's weird because like,
1: I'm still okay. Like it's weird saying I'm okay with losses, but like, mm -hmm. like we've talked about Justin's play is first and foremost, the most important, obviously you want to see other pieces like step up and Cole Komet's turning into a very good
0: tight end right in front of our eyes. Darnell Mooney. So that was like, that was, that's on my list here. That was going to be one of my questions for you is like, sure. We know, we know, Justin is developing and the offense is changing yes why can you point to anything directly in that offense that's making commit more regularly targeted and in turn like more successful as a pass catcher because he was targeted with such rare frequency over the last couple of years and he didn't do well with those targets now that he's seeing a flood of targets he's succeed like how do you connect the two here
1: um, you know, I, I think partially for him with how good he blocks, I think having the, I think we've seen his, uh, development or usage in the past game really expand over the last couple of weeks. And I, I think his, how good he is as a blocker has made defenses kind of look at him somewhat that way in, in previous weeks that now he's able to like one of the, uh, the touchdown it was last week, he, basically had because he sold run block really, really well, snuck out to the right, got open. I I just think Mm -hmm. that is kind of helping develop him in the pass game. I think you also have now a coaching staff, and I I hate comparing coaching staffs to last year, but you have a coaching staff that's not dead set hell-bent on making Jimmy Graham their pass-catching tight end. Um, I mean, he is tight end one now. There's no doubt about it, and, and I think that this coaching staff is just kind of learning how to use him, and I think When you have a coaching staff that also has confidence in you, unlike the last one, you're pressing a little bit more. You're not pressing as much as you might have been last year when you get these limited opportunities. When you know the quarterback trusts you, when you know the coaching staff trusts you, you play a little bit more loose. And I think that's also what's happening.
0: Yeah, five touchdowns in three games for back-to-back games with two touchdowns becomes the first Bears pass catcher to have back-to-back games with two or more touchdowns, I believe since 1956, 54, something like that. Yeah, like it's never really happened since our parents were born. Um, So Cole Komet making some history there with back-to-back games with multiple touchdowns, four receptions for 74 yards, led the team. Uh, Darnell Mooney was next closest with four for 57. So um, I think, again, the more that Chase Claypool gets acclimated with this offense, he had just one reception for eight yards. Also was handed a jet sweep, um, I believe, or no, was not handed a jet sweep. So only touched the ball once there, uh, did Claypool. But once this... Once his offense continues to develop and unfold, you're going to have to throw the ball more. I know the design run is great for Justin and it's working really well. And we see him go for 147 on the ground and two touchdowns again. Uh, violent and assertive at the goal line. That I mean, that was a, like, a you obviously don't was want a great run, right Don't hits, ever do that again. Yeah, but with the lowering time, the shoulder, the th- the right abs- shoulder, he absolutely put that defender on his ass. Oh my god, I, I, I don't think just I don't think Justin felt that con- – you know, when you feel, when yeah. it's good contact on your end mm-hmm. and you don't feel it all, that's one Justin did not feel at all. To your point, though, we want to refrain from that. I'm just yeah. saying with – if you let me pull up the team stats here, number of plays <laughs> Bears ran. Bears ran 58 plays to the Lions, 59 in this game. So low totals on both sides of it. But if you're running 60 plays a game, I, I need 30 passes. I need to be 50-50 and I say that not for specifically one reason or another, but it's going to do a multitude of things. It's going to develop Justin as a passer and you have mouths to feed now, which is not, not a bad thing. Like you have to, you have to get Cole Komet his five looks. You have to get Darnell Mooney, his four looks, you have to get Mm -hmm. chase Claypool, his four looks like you have to, you're already at, you're at 15 passing plays there, you know, and it's going to take probably 20 to create 15 completion. My point is, I want to see some volume passing in the weeks to come, and maybe we still don't have the offensive line to do that. But um, that's what I would like to see. As for what we saw, um, Justin had moments again where he looked fantastic, where he looked super comfortable in this offense. Now he was just twelve of twenty for a buck sixty-seven. But I think with Justin, we just need to look at his total yardage number, and he was north yeah. of three hundred. Um, did a really good job in what he was asked to do, but. There were a couple bad throws, and specifically the one in the fourth quarter, the pick six to Jeff Okuda, He came to the podium and said, "It'll never happen again." We'll hold you to that, Justin, because those types of things will win and lose, or those types of things will lose games that would be wins more often than not. And it doesn't matter if we're playing the Lions, uh, the Rams, or the Bills; mm-hmm. those types of things can't happen.
1: Yeah, they can't happen. And it was a bad decision. It was one that he shouldn't make again. And in all honesty, if he's the Bears quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years, there's going to be a couple more head-scratching throws because every quarterback makes them. But it's about limiting those those awful mistakes. And really, when was the last time we saw one of those from him? So, I mean, it's been weeks since we've seen that. So, I mean, that's progress. Whereas early on in the season, it was the Texans game, I think. We saw three or four of those throws in the same game, those bad decisions. So, yep. he's definitely getting smarter with the football. He tried to make a play. And – you know, they talk about in sports, but really in football, football mostly, but in all sports, it's how you respond to those short you know, mistakes. And
0: like three, three plays later, later he's three plays later, he reels
1: off a 67 yard touchdown run where he outruns and kind of sticks it to the guy who just picks six them in yeah. Jeff Okuda down to the sideline, down to the pylon. So like, I love the response from him. I love seeing it again. I love how he handled the post game, press conference too, basically saying like, guys, it's just not going to happen again. I won't do it. Like I, yeah. He's done a good job this year of and I know it's it it only goes so far, but like his press conference statements, words like that haven't really been empty. Like when he's made these assertions in the press conference, these statements, he's usually kind of backed him up like it was after the Washington one where he was like, I'm sick of being close. I want to get there. I want to be, you know. We're sick of being told we're close. We want to be there now. I want to be there. And since then, he hasn't had a bad game. They beat the Patriots 33-14 on Monday Night Football, and he's been the best quarterback in football statistically. So he's, I, I trust him when he says that. And we're still getting to – we're still obviously, you know, early on in the development here. And I was – it's funny you bring up the throwing thing because I was watching – I think I mentioned here a couple times, Trent Dilfer does hits with 670 to score and um, basically just breaks down Justin's game. And, man, if you're listening – if you're looking to learn about quarterback play like kids and out of it, there's nobody better to listen to. And he kind of said the same thing, and he it was weird because when he Fields was playing bad, he was a little bit of a softer grader on him, and now that he's playing so well, he's kind of grading him a little he's bit harder which is good. I like that because kind of said the same thing as you, which I totally agree with is like I know you have to do what's conducive to the offense and keeping him healthy, but like we need to see instead of twenty two pass attempts thirty two pass attempts okay, like so he's, we, he's we need
0: we, the volume yeah we, yeah, like
1: we need to start seeing more of those and uh, with him and with this offensive line, obviously you might call forty pass plays but he might only throw 32 of them because the offensive line is going to break down because he sees uh, a path to take a run and absolutely go for it. But I think that's next for this offense. And with Khalil Herbert going on IR, I think that that's a reasonable thing to look for in the coming weeks is like, all right, let's, let's kind of open things yeah. up. Like Chase Claypool's getting more of a fit in the offense. Cole Komet's coming on. We trust Darnell Mooney, our star, our best running backs out. Like, all right, let's, let's start throwing the ball a little more. I hope we see that the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. And, you know, just to sort of make sense of the win loss column right now, um, this is not a Lions team of old. Like, there's a lot of fight in them. They obviously just beat the Packers prior to beating Mm -hmm. us. Um, This is a football game we should have won. No doubt about that. You put your head on the pillow and realize that this loss probably is the difference between having the fifth overall pick and the eighth overall pick in April. Yeah. Um, But come April, we're not going to be upset about this loss. So I did catch. Uh, like a five minute clip of the Dilfer thing, I didn't. I, mm-hmm. I didn't catch the whole thing, but a clip popped up on my Twitter of them having the conversation about like, so yeah, this is good for draft picks, but at what point do wins and losses start mattering? Not for us as fans, not for the Bears as a franchise and where they stand, but for Justin. You know, when do when do wins and losses matter for Justin? Because there's a certain oh, what did Spiegel use the term? Um, there's a, uh, I forget what sort of value. I know, was, I was, know
1: what was, segment a- you're talking about. Cause I was I, like, I literally watched it like an hour or so ago. So I know the exact point you're talking about, but I can't think of the word you're, you're, you're thinking of either.
0: But just like, Oh, uh, I think he, he it was something along the lines of like, um, of uh, accumulating uh, capital through wins, like win mm-hmm. capital or something like that. Like when do, when does that experience of, Hey, we need the, we need the drive we have the ball, we go and do it. Like, when does that start mattering more than having the fifth pick and not the seventh pick? Mm -hmm. Cause I think we're kind of there, you know, like, yes, we want that pick to be super high, but let's just, let's just say plainly it's not going to be high enough for Will Anderson unless we trade up very unlikely. Yeah. Which we have so so many. Yeah. We have so many things to address. It's not going to be Will Anderson. So with that being said, and we've had this conversation already, but you're probably addressing a different position than pass rusher there. Unless like there's some really If you can get in the,
1: if you, Jalen
0: Carter falls to you, that would be really nice fit on the interior, okay. that defensive line. Okay. I, I just, my eyes are immediately going to the offensive line there. Yes. With the First pick. Oh well, yeah. It if look Peter like, Skaronsky
1: there. All right, go for it. I and, think and what you're seeing oh, go is ahead, like, I'll let you finish. Uh,
0: the thing I mean, is like, there's always a, a press push. And, and names move around on big boards, but you don't mm-hmm. see a lot of tackles high on big boards. So my point is whether we're picking at five or we're picking at 10 or somewhere between those two, we're probably going to have a pick of a top two offensive tackle at, yeah. at that, at that juncture. So like I'm at the point where, okay, we don't have our own second round pick. We're essentially rooting against the Ravens and it'll be nice if we do have that fifth overall pick, but if not, whatever, because I'd love to see Justin start feeling good about himself in the fourth quarter and what he's able to accomplish.
1: yeah, i I do agree with you, and I think before the end of the season, I want to see one of those drives, whether it's to tie a game, whether it's to win a game, whether it's to put them ahead with a minute left and if they end up losing because the defense can't hold, whatever. like I want to see one of those drives to completion. I, it's I, it's I was weird because I'm torn. This was the first time, if you really think about it though, in the last if they had the the opportunity against the Vikings. Dolphins. And is that it? Uh, is that it? Those two were the kind of potential end Let me game me to go down, Dolphins, I think.
0: Definitely. And then. So, um, like you, while you're looking that up. Like yeah, Vikings I'm trying to think games, of the end of the Giants game. Well, that was a I, honestly, it, game. in
1: all th- Commander's game too. I know they didn't end up scoring, but like Commander's game, he took yeah, them down you and had made throws that, two game, throws yeah. that should have been caught. But like, I've seen him. Basic, like we saw in the Vikings game, he got them into field goal range, and then Amir Smith Marset, who's not on the team anymore, mm-hmm. fumbles out of nowhere. In the Commanders game, he takes them down to the inch line. You have Darnell Mooney who can't, you know, corral the ball, and you have Dante Pettis who also can't. Like, t- like two throws that should have won a football game that didn't. You have them, yeah. you have him in the Dolphins game where he makes the right throw to chase Claypool should have gotten a call there, and then the very next play rolls one, puts one on a dime to uh, to Saint Brown that goes right that through goes the through hands. hands. Yeah, so like. It's not like, and this was the so this was really the first time where like they didn't there wasn't one of those plays and I I feel you it was and I and I will say and I, the the ball to chase Claypool I don't remember if it's first or second down he had one on one solo coverage down the right bad. side and it's bad it was bad ball and it was all like I don't know if it was you know we haven't gotten these deep it, you know, these PI calls with him so I want to make a perfect throw. I don't know what – but you just – you got one-on-one so coverage. Me, He's got four inches. You just let it go and let your guy run underneath it and instead of that's trying what, to make that's a perfect what it was. back shoulder. He tried to yeah, make a perfect back was. shoulder.
0: That's what it was to me, and to me that was identify pre-snap. I got one-on-one with Chase Claypool, who's got a size advantage on a really good corner in Jeff Okuda. And I think that that decision was made pre-snap, and Justin is so accustomed to having to make the throw on a freaking – like the impossible throw to a small receiver is all that Justin's ever known. He's Mm got to get used to, like you said, Hey, chase Claypool, hip to hip shoulder to shoulder. I got to go put this ball on the rim. Essentially. Like I got to throw, I got to throw an alley-oop and chase has got to go up and get this. It's got to be out in front of him and high. And that's just not a ball that you throw to Darnell Mooney. That's not a ball. You throw to Byron Pringle. That's not a ball that you throw to Equinemius St. Brown. Like, this is a different type of receiver that he's got to get acclimated to throwing a ball to. And if you look at his wide receivers during his time at Ohio state, I'm trying to remember any real big bodies over there, but like not it's really. More They're kind your, of the smaller speedy guys. Yeah. You're Garrett Wilson's your, I think Smith and Jigbo was too young. Um, I'm trying what? to remember who the other wide. Do you remember were.
1: last year? I think it was, yeah, it was last year um, when Foles came in for Mitch in the, the Atlanta game and he kind of gave him the spark, let him back I think it was the game-winning touchdown throw that it was the same play they had ran earlier and pretty much full set in the post-game, Like, yeah, kind of just took the snap side, the coverage I want, and I knew I was throwing it to the the red end in the end zone, and I was letting whoever – I forgot the yeah. receiver was run under it's it. That That's, it. It's kind of that with Chase Claypool. Like, hey, like, he's got one-on-one. Uh, I'm, we're on the 15. Like, I'm just kind of throwing this ball around the, the, the number 40. And yeah. I'm letting Chase Claypool kind of run underneath play at play center field, go get the ball. Like that's, so and that's, that, that's learning though. That's a learning experience that he's, you know, going to have to keep developing with.
0: Definitely. And, you know, we're going to have a lot of opportunities thankfully to talk about that down the stretch here. And uh, the games do get harder beyond the Falcons. As we do have a stretch of yeah. Jets, Packers, Eagles, bills. Uh, that's going to be a, a difficult month of December there, late, uh, late November, early December. But, With what Justin showed us, um, it's been very interesting to watch public perception shift as quickly as it has because after a game like Sunday, three weeks ago, four weeks ago last year, all anyone is talking about is the pick six and the ball to Claypool that probably should have been picked as well. That's all anyone's talking about. They're not talking about the 60-yard run. They're not talking about the good things he did in the game, but people are starting to see it in Justin the way that I think fans and believers have been seeing it or hoping to see it for the last couple of years or for the last couple, for at least the early portion of this year, Um, the the perception has shifted and it feels good too. And I always talk about the bears being the butt end of the joke, our quarterback garnering belief from not just uh, not, not garnering, not just local belief, but national belief in our quarterback feels good and it's something new. So I think uh, that's, that's sort of the note that I want to, wrap up our Bears analysis on because we do have uh, some crazy games to get to here, Mm -hmm. Matt, across the week. Do you have any final Bears thoughts before we do dive in? Yeah, just still
1: with Justin. Like I know people want to see the passing come along. I still think we're seeing these moments that we haven't seen where there are a couple times where if you watch the all twenty two, see some of these clips, like he's very much reading coverage going through his progressions when he has the time. And I'm not talking about like when he has the time, when he has all day in the pocket, because that's not realistic in the NFL. I'm talking about when he has the time of Aiden Hutchinson isn't immediately in his face within half a second. Like when he's got the second and a half, two seconds, he's been very good about you, like reading his time, going through his progressions, finding his man. So I I think we are seeing his development as a pocket passer. And people seem to forget that like at Ohio state, he was not used. As a Lamar Jackson read option running yeah. back, who feel like he was a pocket dude and he made yeah. throws. When and I'm not saying he's ever going to get the time that an Ohio State offensive line against Maryland provided or the separation, but like the dude can put a ball on a dime if he just has a little bit of time. And unfortunately, when you have Tevin Jenkins out, when your offensive line already isn't very good, and Detroit has a bit of a game breaker in Aiden Hutchinson, like that's not that conducive of a recipe to have him stand in the pocket for, you know, a, a bunch of a bunch of plays throughout a game. So
0: can we I, I thought he looked please. Fine. Can we please? And I hate to end our Bears Lions conversation by tipping our cap to the Lions, but yeah, the play that Aiden Hutchinson made on the goal line was one of the more ridiculous things I've ever seen. Like, oh yeah. Here's a little, little hog talk. You're running. You're running. Whatever it was, zone to the run, right, and hog you're hog. leaving. And you're leaving the backside end on block because there's no way the backside end gets there. We got to. We got to get a half yard here to get into the end zone. And he collapsed on that left side of the offensive line mm-hmm. and absolutely power bombed. I forget, I believe it was it was it Montgomery or Herbert. I think it was.
1: Montgomery. I don't remember. I think it was Montgomery, but and I'm not just sure. I just absolutely the example, yeah.
0: used his momentum against him, whipped him to the ground. I was like, oh, okay. So Aiden Hutchinson is. Acclimating to the NFL quite nicely. Yeah, I think he, he's, he's be, coming along. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be good
1: for a very, very long time. But, we're we're uh, going to see some fun fields and Hutchinson battles over the over the next
0: seven to ten years. Keep our guy upright. That's all we ask. Uh, we do have to talk about some of the results here across Week Ten in the NFL. Falcons Panthers was on Thursday night. Uh, yeah. Lions and Bears we already covered. Seahawks and Bucks early morning in Germany. Don't look now, but the Bucks are five and five. Uh Brady had the offense moving. They're still not in full health and they're looking better. An emotional win there for um for the Bucks on the defensive side of the ball as uh I believe it was Devin White's father. Okay, thank you. I always I yeah. always get Levante David and Devin White mixed up, but Devin there White's is.
1: father— good to do that too. Uh,
0: Devin White's father passed away um, right before they left for Germany. They go get the win. Um, I just, again, a lot of people are going to be trying to get back aboard the pirate ship, but I never jumped off. We never
1: um, did. We've always said it'd be the last ones off of Tom.
0: Brady 2-0 is a single man?
1: Mm. Uh, something there. Are something we allowed there? to, are we allowed to I- say I- it? You know, it's it's probably something that's been going on for quite some time now. You know, in, speaking of the divorce, so I'm not saying he's happier as a single man, but when you have just all the weight, it's like that weight, just it gets gone. It's it's in your rear view fully now, a little bit less on your plate. And you look at that like, hey, they, they beat the Rams with Brady throwing like 58 times. They yeah. beat the Seahawks only having to throw 29. So that's more of the recipe and you need there. They had a much more balanced attack.
0: Definitely. And uh, White was definitely more of a feature there with uh... – Fournette hurting his hip, and I think you mm-hmm. might see them go a little bit more that direction moving forward. 21-16 is your final, but I think it was, what, I'm looking at here, 13 points in the fourth quarter by the Seahawks. That was that was domination for like 50 minutes of that football game by the Buccaneers. Yeah, it was. The, the, the Seahawks kind of just got led, led back in late. Vikings and the Bills, uh, 33-30 in overtime, game of the year to this point catch of the century by Justin Jefferson uh, 10 what receptions it. a buck 93 career high in yardage and that catch in the moment fourth and eight or whatever the down dis- or whatever the distance was I know it was fourth down mm-hmm. to come up with that ball to make that play and then the craziness that ensues the game's over the Bills get the ball back the Bills fumble it in the end zone the Vikings recover it we go to overtime and um, you get the kit like it's it, it was um, it was a big statement from the Vikings, but it seemed like every ball kind of had to bounce their way for that to happen. Mm-hmm. What's your biggest takeaway here? Do, do you do you garner more of a statement from the Vikings or do you garner more of a worry for the Bills right now?
1: Well, my real biggest uh, takeaway is how did the Bears get one of those Justin Jeffersons? I would really like <laughs> one for Justin Fields. to I'd throw love to. one. Uh, I would like one wherever. I don't know where we find them, but I would like one for the Bears. Um, I, it, it's a little bit of both. Like, I, I, even if the Vikings would have lost that game, you know, late or in overtime, I kind of took away like, all right, like I kind of thought they were just gonna lose this game by 10-13 and this wasn't gonna be yeah, all that better close.
0: Than, better than we thought. Definitely, they're
1: better than we thought. I still don't think they are a team that's going to win the Super Bowl, but at the same time, like we're starting to see that at least right now, there's not really a that much better team in the nfl than everybody else and i know they already lost the eagles on the road but like there's not that much that separates the
0: top tier teams
1: on not any given sunday
0: and it truly did it it appeared that we did have a when we talked about it an echelon of chiefs bills big gap everybody else big gap Mm -hmm. has gone away i still think that it's Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, in whatever order you want to put them. I agree. Very closely after that is the Vikings after this game. I know the Vikings will say, we beat them, whatever. Still think the Bills are the better team. Still think when rubber meets road, Bills win that football game in a bigger Mm -hmm. moment um, with a healthy Josh Allen. My worry here is Josh Allen because – He has four red zone interceptions in his last two games. He had four total in his previous 60-something games. He has a league-leading 10 interceptions on the season. He has a sprained UCL, and he has to put this team on his back week after week, which I don't think he does, is my Mm -hmm. point here. Josh Allen has a lot of talent around him. He has a great offensive line in front of him. He has a stable of talented backs behind him. He has Stefan Diggs as an all world receiver and, and uh, which McCall it? Um, uh, why am I blanking on uh, Davis's first name? Corey Davis? No. Gabriel Davis. Um, Davis. Gabriel Davis. Thank you. And Gabe Davis as big body possession guy it's the f- perfect mix dawson knox has emerged as one of these oh he can do everything tight ends too like yeah. you have the pieces stop trying to do everything yourself you're going to get hurt mm-hmm. like I, I, he needs big, to if, if he, he can needs, learn to do that they're the best team in football he needs to and it's i've said it before i'll say it i one blue in the face especially with these dual threat guys do not let the asset become a liability. He has let it become a liability over these last couple of weeks. And I felt like this week was almost like defiance to the umpteenth level of, yeah, I'm hurt, but I'm still bigger, badder, and better. Mm-hmm. You're not, Josh. You're not. You're still better a- than everybody. You're still better than everybody on that football field, no matter who steps on that field. But... You have to protect yourself in order to continue to be that guy.
1: Yeah, it's like you got to check the pride and the ego at the door. And I don't want to say it's not like even like a Josh Allen's got like a big ego kind of guy, but like no, it's like self
0: belief that's almost toxic. You know? Yeah, it's
1: like I get it. You really believe in yourself, and guess what? Everybody in this room does too. But we can't believe in you if you're not healthy and on the field. So like let's let's do what keeps you on the field. And then you know what? If in I, the AFC Divisional Round or AFC Championship game, you need to go sicko mode and take over the game and do things yourself, all mm-hmm. right, more power to you. But let's get you there first.
0: I, I completely agree with that. And I love that Josh Allen has that in him. But yes, it's about belief, holding it. It's about like that. that belief, it. When you throw a pick in the red zone, that belief tells you throw my injured elbow at a player's helmet that's that's yeah. what that that's what that toxic belief and forgetting that your human can do too is you end up putting yourself in harm's way when you don't need to um mm-hmm. i think the bills will be fine i think this is the perfect time for them to struggle if you're going to struggle um but the picture in the afc has shifted most notably that it's not a sure thing that all roads lead through Buffalo anymore. So that I is, think that's that the biggest takeaway there. Yeah. Uh, Broncos Titans is a game that happened. Titans. going to for one game that was great to one game
1: that did happen. Yeah.
0: I think in that early window is the one that maybe got the least love on Red Zone or anywhere else. I mean, you hold Derrick Henry to 53 yards on 19 carries and you still lose the football game. That's the the offense is the problem in Denver. Let yeah, let just my favorite. Kind of simple
1: my favorite stat that I've seen floating around is if the Broncos would have just scored 18
0: points in every game, they'd be eight and one this year. Yeah. So offense, not good. That's pretty, uh, pretty. And that's, having given away your best defender and still being effective defensively. So I don't know what, yep. the, what the hell is going on there. <laughs> Chiefs 27, Jaguars 17, maybe closer than we thought, uh, closer than we expected. Uh, fourth quarter touchdown by the Jaguars makes it look that way. And the Chiefs totally parked the buses there on 27 in the fourth quarter to absolutely screw me over on my team, total over 29 and I was a half. keeping an eye on that <laughs> <laughs> And, like, it was such a weird situation of, like, Hey, if they get the first down here, they can run out the clock. So I need the Jaguars to get a stop on fourth and long. So maybe they tried the field goal <laughs> from long, or maybe they punted. It was just a, it was a, it was not a fun watch there on the, on the team total over ticket, the fourth quarter, but you know, it was another game of we know exactly what we need to do. And we went out and do it. Uh, Pat Mahomes really spreading the ball out a uh, scary moment there for Juju. It looks like they'll be without Juju for Yeah, that was, that was That was, that was very scary. Um, Watching Kadarius Tony become a part of this offense is a different type of scary, and that's for opposing defenses.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's just kind of like, he's not Tyreek Hill. No one's Tyreek Hill, but he's going to kind of fill that. They found a way to get him 90
0: all purpose yards on six touches. Yep. Andy uh, Reid with a
1: guy like that in his offense, you should watch out.
0: Beware the eyes of Kadarius Tony. Uh, Young Joka is his rap name as he goes by. So uh, beware Uh, of Young Joka. Lovely. Lovely. Dolphins 39, I know too much about him, too many Giants fans around here. Dolphins 39, Browns 17. I, I don't know how many ways we could say it or how many different examples of it we need, but the Dolphins are for real. For some reason, they continue to not be the headline because of the crazy shit that's happening in the NFL. And I think that's exactly where they want to be. A yeah. little bit under the radar, heading into the bye week at 7-3, and outperforming all expectations, 7-0 and in games that Tua starts and finishes – the receivers the running game the head coach and the way he's dialing it up the way that the defense is playing supporting role to that offense i don't see many holes with the dolphins right now
1: no and the jeff wilson addition is the one that kind of went like under the radar that nobody really for some reason not many people paid attention to and i mean now look at it miami's two top running backs are two san francisco you know i don't say former 49ers that know that scheme perfectly and yeah. they combined for close to 200 yards rushing on, you know, what, 25 carries. They both averaged over seven yards a carry and a touchdown with Wilson and Mostert. So that was a just fantastic move. And it's it's hard to say right now that the Dolphers, Dolphins weren't the winners of the trade deadline.
0: Uh, Giants 24, Texans 16, Giants improved to seven and two. Touch and go for a moment there. Uh, in the second half but finding a way to win it, it's your prototypical play to your uh, play to your opponent team here in the giants mm-hmm. whether that opponent might, might be the best team or worst team in the league but uh, again I, these are things that have been established prior to week 10 but Saquon Barkley is deserving of whatever the market says he can get because 35 carries for a buck 52 looks faster than, and I know there's there's a, there's a couple amazing seasons that he compiled, but I don't know that I remember him looking as explosive as he does right now. Maybe he looked more powerful, but like I think he's sort of changed his body a little bit, and that's changed his game a little bit, where mm-hmm. he's a little more finesse than he is run through your chest, and man, finesse, speed, and Saquon, you're either going to have to franchise him, or you're going to have to franchise your quarterback, and you're going to have to pay the other, or you're going to have to let one walk. The Giants have an interesting decision that they have to make this offseason. Um, but Saquon Barkley, uh, not I enough can be said about what he's doing right now because that is an offense that that has less receivers than the Chicago Bears. They don't they oh, yeah. don't have they don't have anybody to throw to. There is no legitimate target. Boxes are stacked, and Saquon's still going for a buck fifty.
1: Yeah, I mean Saquon, I, I feel like you have to. I don't think they're bringing back Daniel Jones. I I truly don't. Like, I know he's been efficient and been running the offense fine, but it just doesn't seem like that's Dables guy. I think they probably franchise Barkley and – if they can't figure out a short term deal with Jones, they're probably one of those teams that trades up in the draft to try and grab their guy and signs, you know, like
0: I've said, like Cooper Rush. Um, but or yeah. you end up being one of those teams that goes and gets a veteran lease on a guy like, uh, I don't know what the contract situations here, but I'm just throwing out names. Marcus Mariota, Carson sure. Wentz, like a guy who doesn't deserve another chance that, hey, we don't like this draft class. Let's give this guy another chance. You yeah, something what's, like the, that. what's the situation? What's the situation in San Francisco? How does San Francisco season unfold and how does that affect who the starting quarterback is next year? And how does that affect what they're going to pay Jimmy G or if they're going to let him walk? Jimmy G. That would be an
1: interesting phone call because
0: on either one one of those quarterbacks
1: in San Francisco, a very interesting phone call.
0: Uh, Steelers 20, Saints 10. It's pretty much as simple as this. If TJ Watson in the lineup, the Steelers win football games. And that was the case here. Uh, he with a uh, recon- not, not reconstructed because he didn't have the surgery, but he with a uh, a, a less than 100 percent pectoral muscle still gets the job done. Uh, Kenny Pickett made a couple head scratching throws, made a couple nice throws. Uh, I think this was Najee's most uh, efficient and productive day of the season, but uh, another game that was a little bit nondescript ended in a 2010 final.
1: Yeah, um, I just don't know why the Saints keep going. Like, what what are you benefiting from playing Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton is a he's an NFL lifer and he's been, you know, a a good teammate, all that throughout his career here and in the league. But like you don't nothing is going you're not going to gain anything from playing Andy Dalton, even if it is winning football games. Play Jameis, play Taysom Hill, whatever. Give somebody else somewhat of a shot, even though you probably know those guys aren't anything. You know exactly what Andy Dalton is. He's a backup quarterback.
0: Yeah. Uh, Colts and Raiders 25 20 the Colts come away with a win this was the Jeff Saturday storyline I mean off his couch or off the television set and uh, really leaning on his coordinators here Uh, credit to Parks Frazier for dialing up uh, uh, an offensive attack that featured both his veteran quarterback and his uh, his all pro all everything running back Um, that was back in the fold that made a huge difference obviously here but um, the the decision to go to Matt Ryan over Sam Ellinger there to start the game and stayed with him. Um, I mean, credit to Jeff Saturday here. A lot of things are wrong with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they're not firing their head coach. If you lose to a high school head coach and that doesn't get you fired on Monday, like they've put too much money and too much belief into Josh McDaniels. And I think that's the wrong place to put your belief in money. And it's pretty plain and simple right now. You have an emotional Derek Carr after the football game crying in front of the microphone. And. I have no problem with that. I do have a problem with him essentially saying not everybody in that room believes that's something you deal with inside that room and not in front of the media. But um, I mean, for, for a game that meant absolutely nothing to the playoff picture, it was so entertaining and had so many storylines.
1: Yeah. And like the Derek Carr press conference was a little bit like, you know, it, the the calling out the team for not being all in was a little bit weird, but also like we've talked about a bunch on this podcast that you obviously covered him. How emotional of a guy Derek Carr is, and that's yeah, he's not, emo- not
0: fake. Like he's, he let yeah he's, he
1: let the emotions get the best of him in that but in that moment, and I you know he's earned the benefit of the doubt that like that wasn't anything that was meant to be like intentional or controversy. That's like him truly speaking from the heart, and then to have Josh McDaniels not long ago just kind of it was a day after just yeah I haven't noticed anything. It was like I don't. There's something wrong there, and Josh yeah. McDaniels is going to end up winning out because that's where the money, the more guaranteed money, is. And you know, Derek Carr probably is going to get a fresh start somewhere else. And I think if he gets that, where well, I mean, he will get that. Some, you know, New York Giants, Derek Carr. Um,
0: I think I'm just telling you right now. Give I'm just, him I'm telling a, you right now. He's a top twelve I, quarterback in the league. I like he's not Derek the, Carr. He's not the problem. No, I like Derek the problem. Carr a lot.
1: But the problem is there. Like, I feel like the narrative's been going on long enough, and they've committed so much money to Josh McDaniels. For some reason, people keep thinking he's this great head coach, even though he's not. After the six and zero start at Denver, he's just and he's a great offensive coordinator, but he's he's not a good head coach. But they're going to choose Josh McDaniels. Derek Carr is going to go somewhere else and probably flourish. And actually, now that we bring it up, the New York Giants I think would be a perfect
0: fit for him. Let's go, Giants! Giants, Carr moving. Carr and Dable. Car and Dable, you get a good coach, you get a good quarterback, you get things rolling downhill. We'll see how it all plays out there, but uh, we do have a couple more to get to. Uh, the Cowboys do what the Cowboys always do. They go to Lambeau, they disappoint us, they let the Packers up off the mat, a foot on their throat, and the Packers come away with the overtime win, 31-28. to I don't know that we can make some grand statement that they're back and alive, but uh, a little belief goes a long way and uh, they're going to have to do something really special here over the next month, the Packers, to become relevant again in the playoff picture, but just uh, not what you wanted to see, you know? Hey, I got a question for you, Joe. Do you, yeah. do you have the box score open in front of you
1: by any chance? for, for this um, Packers? Cowboys yeah, game? go ahead. Take a look at um, the passing and running splits there. How many
0: times did Aaron Rodgers throw the ball? Uh, Aaron Rodgers threw the ball 20 times. Yeah. How many Bay times did the Green Bay Packers run ran the ball? The ball 39 times.
1: Wow. You're telling me that they ran the ball and committed to running the football and it worked and they won a football game against a pretty good team. I feel shocked. It's not like you've been saying this for the last month. (laughs) Don't throw the ball 40 times a game. It doesn't work when you have these bad wide receivers. Christian Watson had a very nice game. Run the football. You have two very good running
0: backs. Everybody's going to remember. Actually, you you know what? Keep keep throwing the football. I want you guys to suck. Keep throwing. (laughs) Everybody's gonna remember the three Christian Watson touchdowns, but this was really a game that was defined by uh Packers running the ball assertively and the Cowboys. What, what did you of think of going for it? I was okay with it. Going in, in overtime. For, in overtime. Take me through. Yeah, oh, in overtime? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, um, I listened to somebody say, you know, Mike, Mike McCarthy has seen Aaron Rodgers go down and, you know, to, to give him the ball back, and he's seen that was not a move of not wanting to – that was a move of not wanting to give Aaron Rodgers the ball back. I think that was Mike yeah, the being same like, time, if we kick at a the same 50-something time, yard field goal, Aaron Rodgers I, – I, I've seen him do this so many times. I, I don't mind it.
0: I think going for it there is the third option. I think option number one is kicking the field goal. I think option number two is punting it. And I think option number three is going for it. Because in that moment, I understand a, a full-formed Aaron Rodgers is probably the scariest dude behind Tom Brady to have the ball in that moment and only needing 60 yards to set up a game-winning field goal. But you got to think your your outcomes here. If you kick the field goal, you either make it and have three points and a kickoff, or you miss it and the ball's sitting right there for Aaron Rodgers with an even score. If you punt it, there's no – worst-case scenario, ball's at the 20, and he's got to go 50, 60 yards. Best-case scenario, they're backed up at the half-yard line because of a good punt. Your third decision there is going for it, getting it or not getting it. You still have to run plays to go get points or you're leaving the ball there because you didn't get it. It just – you didn't protect yourself from Aaron Rodgers by going for it there. I get it. You didn't protect yourself from Aaron Rodgers there, but
1: like it just – It was For me, it was Mike McCarthy in a regular season game on the road saying, I want to go try and win this football game. And I know it wasn't on the goal line. I know it wasn't going to get a touchdown. But you pick up that first down. You run more clock. You put your kicker, who from 50-plus has just been so-so this year in a much better situation if you have to settle for a field goal. You have C.D. Lamb, who's gone for 11 for 150. Tony Pollard, who's rushed for – so you have options there. Like I don't mind going for it. It obviously didn't work out, but – the people wanting to crucify my uh, Mike McCarthy for, and don't get me wrong. He does a lot of stupid things. I don't think he's the greatest fed coaches, but that's the last thing I'm going to get mad for. Maybe getting a little too conservative, exactly. sitting on a two touchdown lead. Sure. That's, like, that's
0: the problem. That's you the know, problem.
1: It's not going for it. You can't outcomes, have it both ways here, in my opinion.
0: Outcomes are the sum of decisions over 60 minutes. Yeah. We obviously are critical of the ones closer to the end of those 60 minutes, but you had a 28, 14 lead in the second half score one more time and Keep the foot on the take gas. A, take a field goal and it's over. Um yep. and they did not do that. Cardinals and Rams, speaking of just disappointment here. Ball. We were promised we were promised preseason Kyler Murray uh in a in just the season that he breaks out against the defending champs who have every piece to go back and do it again. And we got John Wolford and Colt McCoy. Uh twenty seven to seventeen. It was not what we were promised, but it was uh, what happened here? Cardinals come away with the win. I, I don't feel good about either of these teams. For me, no. just unfortunate that this in garbage time is where we see Cooper Cup season come to an end. There with the yeah, high ankle tough. sprain and uh, and the surgery, surgery to right follow here. Yeah,
1: that's tough. Um, Colt McCoy is just a fun backup quarterback to have because he's good for these like two or three games, like one or two game stretches where like he'll come in and be kind of good, and then teams realize who he is and start taking him away. But he's a fun backup quarterback
0: to have. It's like, what was, what was Kyler's injury? I think we could play the game of Colt McCoy, backup quarterback, or high school offensive coordinator for the next, like, decade, because that's it's, it's going to be one or the other, I feel. He's like. going to be doing um, both. Kyler's injury, I don't know. It was the hamstring before the game, I believe. Oh, okay, so, if it, so soft, you've been dealing it, with a hamstring or a foot? Hold on.
1: Soft tissue injury and Warzone 2.0 coming out today. That might lead to him not playing on Sunday.
0: Yeah. Hey, guys, so can't make
1: it in for treatment today.
0: Kyler might be on ice for for a minute or so. Um, we will see if either of those teams. I mean, the Rams are dead at three and Rams six. Four and six doesn't uh offer you a whole they, lot of, they, Yeah,
1: in that division with the Forty Nine ers kind of coming yeah. back to life a little bit, Seahawks looking like they are legit. Um, that team is. I don't think that team's going anywhere. Are those either uh, and, those teams that are going anywhere
0: all that the niners do is win close ball games 22 to 16 uh, a really closely contested game here between the 49ers and the chargers surprised the way that the chargers performed with literally no tar- like no mike williams no keenan allen no this yeah. no that and justin herbert um for as much as i'm critical of him and want to see him start winning football games with nothing to help him uh played a very competitive football game but for the second straight week don't look now the niners shut out their opponent in the second half they're just yeah. nasty it's a, just a nasty bunch of dudes and they're going to win a lot of football games because of it. Yeah. The, the Niners are
1: very good. And the chargers, like I was a little, I was disappointed about in the second half, but also like, you know how good that Niners defense is, and you know, how good that coaching staff is at adjusting and playing in the second half. But like, I don't know, like the more that this chargers thing keeps going this way, like it feels so, so much like the bears after 2018. Like, I know they didn't make the, the they didn't have the same playoff success. The bears didn't in, in 18, but like, it feels a lot like the 19 bears where they're just kind of not playing as efficiently as they should. They're being out coached. They're not finishing ball games. They're kind of winning the games. They should barely include like, it just kind of feels like that. And the fact that it comes from Matt neck coaching tree too, like, I don't know, it just, that's kind of vibes I'm getting from them. Mm -hmm. Um even down to trading for Khalil Mack. i guess see her later, but you know what I mean? Like, I just, I hope that I'm wrong and I want to see them start beating some good teams because I know they're banged up, but they're still very talented.
0: Uh, Matt, finally, Monday night football, just how we had it drawn up. What a up. game. The Commanders give the Eagles their first loss of the season, 32-21. to 21. Obviously, the last touchdown coming on that uh, yakety-sacks fumble play. Um, but four turnovers on the day, including that one. Eagles had three total turnovers coming into that game all season. They turned it over three times. You want to know why they were 8-0? That's why. They Protecting protected the football. the football. They did not protect the football here on Monday night, and – you lose to a mediocre team in the commanders.
1: Yeah, and you know, credit to the commanders. That team has really seemed to figure something out, honestly, since Carson Wentz got hurt, and I don't want to be that guy, but like they seem to really rally behind Taylor Heineke. I watched Terry McLaurin's interview on the Van Pelt show after uh, after the game when he did that on SportsCenter. And mm-hmm. you know, SVP was kinda of like, hey man, like I'm from DC, like I get in this town, like I don't want to put you in a bad spot because I know to, like I don't want to I'm not doing this for clickbait or like getting a quote out there, like, I just want to ask you about Taylor Heineke and like how you guys feel like playing behind that guy. And Matt, like McLaurin gave the media just about every quote they could want. Like he didn't care. Like he <laughs> yeah. went out just that we love playing for him. Like he plays every play. Like it's his last, like it's really easy guy to play for to root for that team is so bought into Taylor Heineke. And now, is he probably, is he good enough to win you a super bowl? Very, very, very unlikely but that team plays better more inspired football under him and it's a gives that team a better chance right now and yeah. i just you have to keep rolling with him there's no there's no chance you can go back to carson Wentz
0: uh matt that's it for week 10 in the nfl i know we're up against it here so let's dive into some locks of the week uh the moose and Noon's parlay comes up empty a week ago both of us with losses yeah, that means stuff. i dropped to five and five you dropped to six and four still just a one game spread uh, i got burned on kc team total over this week i'm going to take you to a place you might not be comfortable no oh boy it's the new york jets oh boy having not won against the new england patriots in 14 tries, or 13 tries. This will be their 14th try oh boy. Uh, trying to beat the Patriots. 13 straight losses against the New England Patriots, and I am taking the three points with the Jets. Do I think they win the game? Yes. You Do take I see a world in which they don't win the up. game? Do I see a world in which they don't win the game? <laughs> That's also possible, but I think it's close regardless because of this Jets defense. I am taking the Jets catching three against the Pats.
1: I'm not going to make it a lock, but 38 and a half seems like a lot of points for those games, especially defensively, how well the Patriots played in that first game in New York. But I do like that pick. I I think if the Patriots win this one, it's probably a very close field goal type game. Uh, I also lost mine with the Raiders last week. I told you the second I gave it out that I hated it, but like I almost just had to do it because of the coaching situation. Indy, I was wrong. Um, I'm going to go to Buffalo. I think they they host Cleveland. They're eight and a half point favorites. I'm going to take them minus four and a half in the first half. They've been a really, really good first half team, especially at home the last couple weeks. Had a big lead over the Vikings, had a big lead over the Packers at halftime. Let those slip away in the second half a little bit, but Cleveland is just a team that seems kind of dead in the water. Jaco- Jacoby Brissett just isn't all that good. They can run the football, but Buffalo can play pretty good defense. And I think if you come in with a one-dimensional offense against that Buffalo defense, they'll figure out a way to stop you. We saw it with Tennessee, who kind of runs a similar type. We're going to try and, you know, just run you to death early. The, the Bills absolutely killed them on Monday Night Football. So give me the uh, the Bills in the first half of this one, minus four and a half.
0: I like that a lot. Uh, can I also can I lobby for, for a half point here? if if the Jets if the Jets get to three and a half prior to kick, if if it's three and a half at kick, will you give me three and a half?
1: I will no, you I mean you got it right now at three and a half.
0: No, I got it at 3 You're are you seeing three and a half? Oh I'm seeing three and a half. Yeah, I got it on fan. But that's what I'm saying half, is, so you can take I'm it. looking at just Caesars. I'm looking at just can Caesars, I, but I'm seeing three and a half other places. You're gonna give me three and a half? I will give you three and a
1: half provided I'm taking that the three can, and a half. provided that I can okay. asterisk my bet and that that Josh Josh Allen is healthy in place.
0: OK, if, if Josh, Josh Allen is not if Josh Allen is not the starting quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, I will let you tweet out a pick because that's a okay. 1 p.m. game, right?
1: Yes, that's fair. That's, that's, that's more than fair.
0: I will let you tweet out a pick for the 4 p.m. or primetime slates.
1: OK, perfect. I can live with that.
0: Oh, that's a that's a moose and runes contingency plan. if I've I like ever seen one. I like it. Uh, and Matt. I don't have anything else for the people, which is a football-only pod. Got I know. Day. I do have a quick question for you. I want to
1: ask about the yeah. UFC main event, because Adesanya getting oh, yes. knocked out was uh, not something we saw coming.
0: Yeah. I mean, not something that like casual saw coming, and I consider myself a casual as well, but like everything that we knew about these two guys a- in their past, with uh-huh. Alex uh, Pereira being a kickboxing champion. I love how you say Pereira. I love it. Uh, it's gotten even crazier. Like it really- it's supposed to be Pereira, but like on the broadcast, they were throwing an H in there. Pereira. Everyone was going yeah. And oh, we're also saying Adesanya wrong. This, the, these guys' names change oh every time they fight. It's Adesanya. Adesanya. I'm going
1: to stick with Adesanya.
0: Adesanya. Um, but uh, everything we knew about these two is like that was possible until the final bell rang. Alex Pereira could knock you out until the final bell rings. He's a scary dude with a cinder block of a head. He took a lot of shots from Izzy. That fight could have been over if there were 10 extra seconds at the end of the first round. Um, Izzy had outscored him. It was 3-1 to and just sort of got beleaguered and got up against the fence and got knocked out. And um, Surprising to see it happen so quickly there in the fifth round, but I, I don't think the outcome was surprising to anybody, including Adesanya. If you want to, if you want to see where his head was at about all this, I recommend jump on Twitter, um, go to Andrew Schultz's podcast. He's a comedian, but very close friends with Arasanya. And Izzy came on his podcast the day after the fight. And I mean, really handling the loss with grace, um, giving the credit where credit's due to his opponent and very excited for the rematch and then the trilogy to follow it. He's already playing it out in his head, but he said, "You know, that's that's who Alex Pereira is. Like he goes, I knew that that was possible. Maybe the fans didn't know it was possible, but but I got caught in a spot that I couldn't be in. Like, was it a quicker stoppage than I would have liked? Yeah, probably. But at the same time, like that's that's the uh, that's the judge's discretion. Yeah. And um, you know, you you, you heard it on the broadcast. You almost want to see the champion who's never lost in the division end up on his back if you're going to beat him, and then not be a stoppage like that. But um." He was not leaning into that fact at all. He got beat by a guy who's a world-class striker. And if you don't know, now you know. And I'm very excited for the rematch whenever it does come.
1: I think that was that was very, very well said, very well broken down. It was just that was a great UFC event that, you know, you don't often get the shocking upset like that. That was absolutely a shocking upset from everything we know about Israel Adesanya.
0: Uh, big miss, big miss by the Muso camp not being in the building at MSG for that one. But, it seemed uh,
1: like everybody was in the. It was in the yeah. Building I was trying MSG. to effort. Was, was that the first big you. one
0: at uh, at MSG? Because I know no, there's recently, been a couple. There's been a huge. Okay.
1: Ones at MSG. it wasn't long Connor, ago that Connor, they Connor
0: had an like, MSG fight. Uh, it
1: wasn't long ago that the UFC was like legally allowed to um. Yeah, no, just a, just just up, a few right?
0: years, just a few years ago, it it got sanctioned in... Okay. Uh, in in the great state of New York but um uh it was uh, by all measures an amazing event and uh looking forward to uh I think Auckland New Zealand is the next one with Volkanovski and uh what's the main event there? It's Volk and, uh, Makashev, which will be a great fight. Um, so the, uh, okay. the matchups keep on coming for the deep roster that the UFC has right now. So for all the casuals and, and diehards alike, it is a good time to be a fight fan.
1: And hey, quick Matt's hockey, 10 seconds on Sunday. Marion, Marion, Marion 81 goes up to the Raptors. I will, uh, We'll be in attendance. We'll, we'll do a Matt's Hockey Minute on the pod next week, where I can kind of recap that. But Beautiful. make sure you're uh, they'll, they'll televise that. That'll be everywhere. Get get out, get uh, get on TV. Get to United Center. Honor the uh, the greatest free agent signing
0: in the history of Chicago sports. Yeah, you bring you bring bring those tissues, Matt. That's all. I Oh, I, I'm going to be loaded with them. And with that, he is Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. That's Moose and Runes, episode 275 of the pod. 25 more to a 300. We got to start thinking. We got to start thinking.
1: You gotta start we'll get, brainstorming. You know. that, that'll we'll be per time up perfectly with, eh, no, football season will be a be lot over. Every we'll
0: pod is a milestone pod when Matt Rooney is We have by 25 weeks Back. till the
1: Masters, maybe? Say goodbye maybe? To people. Ish? Say Later. It. Say it. Say it. Later. Later.
0: <laughs> Later. Goodbye. Later. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise. And a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken steak was phenomenal. <laughs>